Uh, I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. We've been exploring the five great elements on Monday nights and we're on fire. So we did earth and water and now we're on fire. And part of the reason why I really appreciate this practice and it's a practice I keep coming back to is one, it's deeply embodied so we can know each of the elements very intimately as embodied experience before words, embodied experience. Um, and then also the elements are like reflections of uh, different emotional states, you could say. So they're like highlight or show uh, some quality of being and maybe many qualities of being. So we talked about water last week and we talked about how water can be um, in the Tibetan tradition, they really recognize it as um, anger, like, and then also clarity. Anger purified as clarity or transmuted as clarity. Um, but also water can be associated with uh, compassion. And we talked about Kuan Yin and the Bodhisattva of compassion, the waters of compassion. So fire similarly can be associated with many different emotions. And then the, the other reason I really love working with the elements is they opens us up into interconnection with the natural world, uh, with the cosmos. So today we're talking about fire and like fire connects us to the sun, connects us to the stars. It's like opens us beyond the earth body, whereas earth and water are very much earth body elements, grounding elements. So there's kind of a progression in the elements that I also love. And I feel like I learn or discover or get curious about something new every time I revisit this teaching. Uh, so I want to start with a poem. This poem is by Joy Harjo, and this highlights that quality of interconnection that I think can open from um, paying attention to the elements, reflecting on the elements, taking up the elements as uh, a Dharma gate. A person, it's called Fire by Joy Harjo. A person can't survive by their own breath alone. They must know the voices of mountains. They must recognize the foreverness of blue sky. They must flow with the elusive bodies of night winds who will take them into themselves. Look at me. I am not a separate person. I am a continuance of blue sky. I am the throat of the mountain, a night wind who burns with every breath I take. So tonight we're exploring that burning. <laughs> We're exploring fire. And one practice that my teacher gave me early on in, in my practice, she was very like visual and, and invited, like the use of the imagination, which may be one of the reasons why I gravitated to her as a Dharma teacher. Um, and she said, imagine that there's a fire in your hara. We were working with like really getting grounded in the hara. She said, imagine there's a fire in your hara 
and with each breath like with with the um, inhalation you're breathing in you don't want to like breathe in too much that you extinguish the fire and as you're breathing out you're just lightly stoking the fire with your breath and just like you know really honoring that heat that's in the dantian or the hara this area of the lower abdomen and and letting the breath like focus like focusing attention there so using visualization or the imagination is one way of really like supporting the mind in in attention um, giving an extra support and gathering more attention to be there with the breath and the body sensations in that area of the body so fire invites us to feel our bodies to drop in and notice where where and how do you experience heat and this can be just a lovely exploration and there might be parts of the body that light up right away like it's a hot day in portland so you might feel the heat more on your skin on the surface of the body but then going inward like our bodies are so warm and this can be an interesting practice when you're actually cold like externally cold but the body is still warm so noticing where do you feel the heat in the body and and do you feel it differently in different parts of the body is there are parts of the body that are really warm Maybe the heart center, maybe the abdomen, maybe the brain, maybe some other part of the body that's kind of really lit up from the inside is hot. And how do you experience that heat? And then another place that I've been really curious this time really working with the fire element is just the heat of life itself so there might be parts of the body that are lit up that are warm but then like the whole body is alive and there's a certain kind of warmth that for us as mammals warm-blooded creatures like allows us to be alive like we need a certain amount of heat in the body and so feeling that kind of tingling liveliness like it's an invitation to feel life itself like how I mean your kind of typical Zen question but like how do you know you're alive it's an invitation there and from there like it's an invitation to feel the body from within the body and I can notice like when I, when I actually do that, it's very different than feeling the body like kind of externally or having this map of the body in my mind and, and feeling the body kind of through brain memory. So it's, it's, it's different to feel the body with the body from the inside. And I think, you know, there's, with every dharma invitation invitation into awareness there's so many 
layers to that. That's one of the, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think we all continue practicing. We know that there's so much more to see with every with every invitation. There's so much more to see. But even like feeling the body can be a lifelong practice of discovery. It's not like, oh, I did that checkmark box, now I'll move on to a more advanced practice. It's like, no, all practices start with the body. All practices need the body because <laughs> we are embodied humans. <laughs> so, but, but, but just even, like I'm saying, like feeling the body and feeling this fire element or this quality of aliveness in the body so it's a rich, rich, rich invitation. It connects, it connects us to life itself, to that primal feeling of being alive, which, you know, can be so delicious. I think I'm like speaking from that more delicious side right now, but it also can be so terrifying. I mean, like to touch just this quality of life itself happening one of um, my housemates has has this vow she's been working with this year of letting life unfold itself and that that invitation is like to come back to like this life happening you know all on its own and that's that's the piece i think that can be terrifying for us as we meditate, we're peeling back or we're looking below the layers of thought, the, the maps that the brain maps onto reality, the ways that the brain predicts what's going to happen next. And we're, we're getting closer and closer to just that unmediated experience of life itself. There's a, a, a famous koan attributed to um, the sixth ancestor, which is before a single thought arises. Basically, who are you? He says, what is your original face? But before a single thought arises, before anything is mediated through the mental mind, Who are we? What are we? So one of the aspects I really appreciate about Dharma practice is that we have the ability to really drop into these different qualities of experience. So neuroscience has revealed that the brain works based largely in predictions in order to keep us safe and attending to what needs to be attended to, we don't often immerse in some of these basic experiences of embodiment, such as simply feeling the feeling of being alive prior to thought, prior to identity, prior to you know, any such need or desire. The heat and intimacy of aliveness and this, I feel like, is one of the primary aspects of the fire element. So on a physical level, we're 
invited to deepen into that experience of just being, to feel the warmth of our aliveness, the warmth of blood, heart, hara, the aliveness of the summer sun, how so many beings come alive in the heat of the sun and how this aliveness begins to connect us to others. Every, I don't know if that's true of every being, but I imagine every being on earth needs the sun. We need the heat from the sun to be alive. The earth would be a very different place if there was no sun or if the sun wasn't lit up in the way that it's lit up. On a psycho-spiritual level, which I also appreciate the elements can take us into these more like intimate human places of our emotional life as well as our spiritual life, um, fire can can ignite or, or bring us closer to passion. So, I mean, even just to feel the heat within the body, we can sometimes, I, I notice, like touch into that quality of, of desire, just like the body wanting or passion or longing. So while the water and earth elements are, are grounding and they have this kind of coolness and stillness that we've been exploring over the last few weeks, connecting us to the larger forces of the natural world like mountain and, and the planet earth itself and trees and rivers and oceans and lakes. Fire connects us to the stars. It connects us to the sun. It connects us to the cosmos. It's opening us up. Fire stirs, I feel like, something human in us. Our intimacy, our capacity for connection, the light of awareness, intelligence, transformation, longing, and desire. And we'll touch on, I want to spend next time talking more about the light quality of, of fire and the light of awareness, which is very much a Zen a koan that we can we can explore some but today I want to talk more about that passion that that quality of, of longing of spiritual longing so in the Tibetan tradition the fire element is recognized for its association with passion or desire or wanting or longing and yeah I'm curious like as you like sit sit or discover the heat of your own body, that quality of aliveness, is that connected for you in some way to longing? And what is your relationship to longing? How do you experience longing if it's not necessarily through that heat or that feeling of aliveness? In Dharma, we have the opportunity to listen to our longing. And this might be different than how we listen to our longing uh, in our daily lives or are unmediated by mindfulness. 
Because in a traditional sense, like you could have this idea, I listen to my longing, I just fo follow it, and I, you know, grab the cell phone when I want something, or the food, or the whatever. But in Dharma, like listening is getting curious about it. It's, it's attending to, it's not necessarily following every impulse, but it's getting curious about the nature of that impulse. What does that feel like? What is underneath that? Is anything underneath that? Is there, is there something uncomfortable about just feeling longing itself without trying to strategize or fulfill something that will, what, make it go away? fill it up what is it like to just feel longing or feel passion or wanting perhaps part of being human part of being alive is to feel desire to want to long for you could say maybe, and, and maybe we try to, that this longing is for completion or to merge with the beloved or to awaken or to achieve enlightenment or for rest or for ease or for wholeness or for transcendence or for knowing or to simply return home. But perhaps making space for our longing is one of the kindest things we can do for our spiritual practice. Perhaps longing is part of what makes us human, keeps us alive, brings us to the cushion, has us aspiring to live more compassionately to feel spiritual longing can open up pathways of devotion, of gratitude, of connection, of deep love, intimacy. And all these are, you could say, expressions of the fire element and connect us back to the heart, 